All right. Hello, everyone. This is Peter Miller from Smarter Than BPD. Today is May 25th, 2023, and this is episode 36 in the series. Today, I want to talk about a post I made in the Smarter Than BPD Facebook group in regards to the notion of or notions of good and evil and if those are actually real things or is it just part of a <clears throat> constructed constructed narrative uh, that has been you know passed down through the generations um, and I posted in there a picture of Viktor Frankl the author of Man's Search for Meaning. He was in the Nazi concentration camps, a prisoner there. And um, he wrote some books after he got out about his experiences in those camps. And one of the um, things that he is often quoted for is these words, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. And to me, uh, that means uh, a skill, something that you can do after you have practiced uh, self-awareness or done some practices that nurture self-awareness, such as uh, mindfulness meditation. It allows you to slow down and see that there is this space that exists between something that happens and your reaction to it. And until you uh, nurture that ability, you can't really see that that space exists. So with my post, I was um, basically thinking uh, when that space or when we can't see that space, we kind of just end up reacting to our emotions or whatever level of emotions that we're having so we we're not really doing things in a wise way much of the time which can lead to uh, chaos drama destruction and so on i guess depending on what those reactions are but i know that it could be you know controversial for me to say that there's no such thing as good and evil because it's such a powerful part of the constructed narrative that we have largely been uh, influenced by i mean you see it in the media you see it in the movies uh it's obviously in religions and so people are going to think that that's a real thing uh, that we all have to deal with working uh, as a psychologist uh, and spending lots of time with, uh, thinking about how it all works how things fit together meeting with lots of people and hearing their stories and I also worked in a, a jail for a time and um, I was quite disillusioned by that experience and I'll tell you more about why eventually here but that experience also led me to question the existence of good and evil i mean when you're in mental health and you're and you're you're supporting people you're helping them to learn new skills i mean one of the things that you start to recognize is that when people get more skilled 
uh, when they learn how to take care of themselves and take care of their mind, uh, their lives tend to go uh, much smoother. So there's less chance for things to be chaotic uh, or, you know, like less conflict, less drama and so on. And I, I mean, I noticed that in my own life as well, like as progressively, as I learned more and practiced more, I mean, like my episodes, my BPD episodes, and they, I mean, it's not like they don't exist at all, but they are drastically reduced and, and got farther and farther apart. And I mean, you could say those BPD episodes, wow, those are like evil, right? Like, I mean, those such nasty things are said, uh, or, you know, those, those nasty things that you did, that was evil. And, you know, it came from an evil source. But did it? Or did it just come from uh, my inability to regulate my emotions, my inability to um, think in different ways, and to... Uh, take different approaches to life was it my lack of skills my lack of interpersonal skills my lack of distress tolerance skills because uh, I mean I didn't grow up with these uh, abilities and these skills and I think most people listening to the podcast that they probably they weren't trained in mental health and, and, and acquiring all these skills in their childhood development either because it's just not part of the school system, is it? And I mean, maybe there's a few families here and there that try and pass some of these things on to their children, but it's just not a common thing. So what I'm basically saying here is that uh, there is there is uh, no way to, to, I guess, say that people are bad, you know, or if they're being influenced by evil, if they, if they aren't trained in finding that space between stimulus and response. So they have no developed self-awareness in their childhood, right? Um, yet, when they do quote-unquote bad things, they get judged as being, you know, maybe being evil or they they did an evil thing but it's hard to uh, make uh, good uh, pro-social choices in all circumstances uh, when you have little to no ability to recognize and manage your emotions or if you get caught in a tailspin or a downward spiral in your thoughts I mean things can look pretty dark chaotic dramatic and ugly especially if you are more emotionally sensitive you know inherited that like people with borderline personality disorder do they inherit that kind of uh enhanced sensitivity to emotions uh, the amygdala in their brain is not the same as others and they also usually grow up in in environments that make their uh emotional struggle worse because they are often invalidated and they don't learn how to live in their bodies. They don't get the skills that they need to be um, more functional, more pro-social. So, I mean, you have to ask yourself these questions. And when I was working in the jail and I would listen to, you know, they would do these um, intakes when the, when the prisoners would come in and the, the parole officers 
they would write up these reports about their you know their their criminal acts and sort of like how awful they were as people um but you know what was really lacking in those reports and which still kind of disgusts me to this day is they don't talk about their childhood traumas they don't talk about you know uh, any abuse that they went through they don't they don't talk about um how our society is basically no good at teaching mental health it's just absent largely in the system i know there's little things happening here and there to make improvements but they don't acknowledge that either so they don't acknowledge that um, uh, people grow up with these types of neglects and these omissions in their learning uh, and you know they don't talk about uh, other um differences like how they could have had um, certain genetic predispositions as I was saying like so much of the uh, human development is not recognized or acknowledged when uh, people are in the criminal justice system it's sort of like just you did this thing and now here's your punishment and so the big picture is ignored so I mean, you, you kind of got to think about that, um, and you know, and and then and then judging these people like they're just bad people or evil people, kind of thing, which I'm sure many people uh, probably do that when they think about you know these these awful things that these um, uh, people in jail have sometimes done, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm not one to disagree that they're like sometimes very awful behaviors, but you have to ask yourself: Is it because they never learned how to be healthy? Or, you know, is it because they're just, they're influenced by evil kind of thing, right? And do people actually think that through? Do they put that, put it in that kind of, of a perspective um, before they cast judgments, you know, on, on uh, the people who make mistakes? So that's one thing I, I wanted to talk about today about my i guess my argument against good and evil i think it's just healthy or unhealthy or skilled or unskilled either you develop these abilities or you don't right um and i looked up a couple of articles about the benefits of self-awareness um one was from psychology today and it, it, it um referenced a couple of studies uh, the article is called um, how to develop self-awareness and why it's important it's from psych central so you can look that up they reference a couple of studies and the benefits they list so if you practice self-awareness right you do this say you do this like early in life you're going to have better self-acceptance better self-confidence uh, more proactivity um, you'll be uh, You'll have better experiences in your job, uh, satisfaction and well-being. Uh, you'll have a greater appreciation of diversity, increased confidence, and better communication with everyone in your life. Uh, another one that I looked up here was called the 10 Benefits of Self-Awareness and How It Can Impact Your Life. So you could look that up too. Um, so what are the uh, benefits? And they list here more empathy towards others, uh, better listening skills, improved critical thinking skills, improved decision-making, better leadership abilities, more self-control, increased creativity, increased ability to change habits, higher self-esteem, and better overall perspective. 
So, I mean, you gotta you gotta really wonder. I mean, do you wonder with me? Like, why does why is this not emphasized from like day one when children come into the world? Why is it not in schools in every single grade like learning about this topic and learning how to practice it? And like kind of going like this is just as important as brushing your teeth kind of thing. And I often make that comparison when I'm talking to people like if you don't brush your teeth every day, then what's going to happen to your teeth, right? Eventually they're going to rot and you're going to have pain and problems and that could you know really disrupt your life <laughs> but people don't look at brain maintenance the same way they just sort of ig ignore that it's important or i guess our society has led us to not think of it as important i think we've been more 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 likely what has happened is we get we have been caught up in these um cultural narratives because the, the, we don't have the uh, skill promotion. So what people do instead is they encourage you to attach to the narratives. They say, you know, this is how you live a, a moral and a good life is you attach to the narrative or this is how you live a productive life. You attach to the capitalist narrative. So, you know, you are you become an achiever and uh, someone who you know, gets things done and can, you know, be a participant in the, in the money system as it is, you know. So attaching to the narrative instead of getting skilled. Would you agree with me? I'd be really curious to get your opinion on that. Um, and I will be posting this podcast to the uh, Smarter Than BPD Facebook page. And there's consequences to attaching to these narratives because what what basically happens is you believe in this, the story, the narrative, because you hear it so many times through the media or through your Sunday church services or whatever, right? And then what you do is you judge yourself as to whether or not you're living up to the narrative. Am I good enough? Am I living up to this narrative? Do I, you know, am I a good enough consumer? Do I have enough things in comparison to the other people that I know in my life? Or am I spiritually worthy? You know, how are my behaviors? Am, am I, am I um, on the good side? Am I impressing God or am I letting him down? Like, and I, I honestly think that these narratives, they actually encourage you to continue judging yourself. Because if you, you know, the idea is if you're not living up to the narrative, then you're not, you're not a, uh, a worthy person. And if there's any mental health therapists out there listening to this, I would be very curious to get your feedback too. Like how many people do you talk to that feel that they have low worth? It's like, it seems like it's almost everybody. They feel like they don't measure up. They're not good enough. They're not worthy. Like, and it doesn't it make sense that people would do this like frequently if they were attached to these narratives and they, if they were in uh, cultural groups who were continually encouraging them to be attached to these narratives and to be assessing themselves according to the narrative over and over and over again. It's like encouraging self-judgment. You can probably hear some of the frustration in my voice today, but I mean, when you hear these stories of people and you meet with like thousands of people as a therapist and you see these patterns, it kind of starts to get to you after a while. Like, why would there be so much of the same thing? And, you know, borderline personality disorder is a lot more common than, than people think. 
And even if you don't have all the criteria to get the disorder, you can have a lot of the traits or, you know, some of them, like maybe not enough to actually uh, be diagnosed. But it doesn't mean that lots of people don't have these traits. So I guess my, you know, my overall um, thinking here is that because we are embedded in a certain type of culture, that's where these patterns uh, come from. And that's where a lot of the sickness comes from. Mm -hmm. And if we were to truly confront uh, how people are embedded in these narratives and ask if these narratives are good for us, you know, what would actually be, what would people actually do? Would they be more inclined to say, I need to develop self-awareness and get more skilled, you know, and let go of these notions of good and evil and, you know, stop kind of like putting myself into these categories. You know, am I having a good day or an evil day? How could that be, you know, helpful to the self-esteem? How could it be good for anybody uh, in any culture to be like living such in such a binary thought framework it's like you're one or you're the other like it's all or nothing isn't it it's it's like am i in the middle somewhere like am i you know do i have strengths and weaknesses or is it like i'm good or i'm bad and when you're when you're going to therapy you start to kind of like let go of the extreme binary ways of thinking that i think are are really reinforced through the cultural narratives. And every time you're exposed to those narratives, they reinforce it again and again. It's like, you no, know, it's all or nothing, black or white, good and bad. Like, like no wonder people have problems with their thinking and cognitive distortions. And no wonder they suffer emotionally as a result of that. So, you know, and again, I am so open to being challenged on these issues by anybody. Um, just come to the Facebook page, Smarter Than BPD, um, and request entry and come on in and let's talk about it uh, and see, you know, what um, if I'm off. I'm totally open to being, um, you know, disagreed with. And for people to, you know, say, you know, there is good and evil, and this is the proof. Um, all that I ask if you come in and um, ask me some questions or challenge me is that you make a rational uh, argument and that you back up your argument with something other than just saying, you know, that I'm wrong <laughs> kind of thing. So as you can tell, I mean, this uh, subject has been on my mind uh, for the last couple of days. It's been kind of like stirring. So I wanted to... Um, do this uh, thought stream, this podcast, and relate it to some of my experiences in life, uh, such as when I was at that uh, unhealthy environment that we call uh, prisons. So lastly, I guess I would just say uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, taking part in this podcast. Uh, very soon, I will be taking on some students in the Smarter Than BPD Premium Skills Training Program. And there is an invite link to that near the top of smarterthanbpd.info. Or if you just scroll down a bit, you'll see the poster advertisement. Um, so that's there if you would like to um, come into that program when space is available. Please also rate and review Smarter Than BPD. There's links to that near the top of the blog page. Thanks for listening today.